we're going to read a few passages of Scripture here. Five in Isaiah, and then we're going to hop over to Matthew chapter 3. If I don't say it enough, I want to tell you I love you as a pastor loves, his, as a shepherd loves his sheep. I love you. I appreciate you, and I'm so thankful for every person in this place and what God is doing around here. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins." The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Hallelujah. What an incredible passage of Scripture. Thank you, Jesus. Let's head over to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist... He is the voice crying in the wilderness, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, is at hand. Hallelujah. Everybody say, Repent. Everybody say, For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Hallelujah. Now, again, I want to communicate every week. It's just happening this way. Last week we sang songs about the miraculous and he's too good to not believe. And then last week we saw several miracles, healings done. This week, Sister Mian chose, we did not coordinate on this, but she chose to sing songs that are directly along with this. Today, I just want to preach today on this topic, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I know my audience today, and I assure you today I'm preaching to you. And I'm preaching to us. Is this all right? Can we go to the Lord and say, God, speak to us. God, move us into a new sphere of anointing and power. God, move us into a new realm, a heavenly supernatural realm. Move us into a place, Lord, that your glory may be revealed in us and through us in the name of Jesus, Lord God. God, for we proclaim these things today. We, dis we establish it in our own hearts. And we desire, Lord, to see the glory of the Lord in Jesus' name. Oh, would you clap your hands? Would you rejoice, all ye people? Would you shout unto God with a voice of triumph? Praise the Lord. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Judas, that's all right. I set this up. God bless you. You may be seated. Brother Judas, you can join us down here. Hallelujah. I had this set up beforehand. I got several displays, and I just didn't have the time to, to show it all to you. So thank you so much. Please come and join us. The kingdom of heaven. Such an important passage of Scripture. This phrase, the kingdom of heaven, is used 30 times by Matthew, specifically. 
You may be seated. God bless you. Thirty times it's used by Matthew. The hearers, when they heard that phrase, it would mean a whole lot to them. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Certainly take out that word heaven, replace it with any other name, and to the hearers' minds they would have understood clearly what was being spoken. It was a warning, an indication there is an invading kingdom into our land. If it would be changed to maybe the kingdom of the Moabites, they would understand the Moabites are coming to take over. They're coming to attack Jerusalem. If it was uh, another kingdom, Rome in fact, and we know in that day that Rome had already been uh, uh, under uh, rulership of the nation of Israel, but if they had been dis- establishing and saying the kingdom of Rome is at hand, their mind would have immediately gone to a Roman army marching on their way to Jerusalem or wherever it is that they would be preaching that particular thing. The hearers would see it, an indication of an invading army on its way to destroy, to take over, to take captive that city. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I know today we don't see it that way. It's hard for us to imagine it. But them in that day, they could see the army walking down the road the armies traveling down the pathways to the city they could see it it would put fear in their heart grip them as that mindset came into their thoughts hallelujah where they realized that John the Baptist and the others who preached it was not just saying that something good was on its way but they thought of it as an army is on its way to invade the kingdom. I can preach to you here today. That's exactly what was happening. Oh, praise the Lord. That's exactly what was happening. It was not the Moabites. It was not the Romans. It was not, no, but it was a heavenly host that was on its way to deliver the captives, to set free those who had been bound, to heal those who had been sick. When he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the thoughts of the people in that day would see an angelic army traveling down the path, heading to the in that moment oh praise God and I'm excited to say absolutely it came to pass for the kingdom of heaven was at hand John the Baptist when he preached this was referencing the coming of Jesus Christ the greatest miracle this world has ever seen anybody in love with Jesus here today hallelujah He was referencing the coming of Jesus Christ. And of course, in that day, their mindset again would go to, okay, well, Jesus, the Messiah, is coming to set us free in the physical. He's going to dominate the Roman army. His army is going to dominate the Roman army. But what they didn't know is that Jesus was not bringing about a physical army to conquer in a physical war but he was bringing a supernatural army, a heavenly host, which would come and conquer the war against Satan and his kingdom. Hallelujah. John the Baptist would preach. He told them, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. I'm here as an Elijah to prepare the way of the Lord. The voice crying in the wilderness, eating locusts and honey. I'm the one that was spoken of to introduce the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. That's my job. It's to prepare you for what is on its way. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. 
He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. He's talking about a revival of the Spirit. Jesus would not just be coming as a lone voice, but as a heavenly army, bringing about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise God. John the Baptist was instrumental in preparing the way for a great revival. If it was not for John the Baptist, then Jesus Christ could not have come in fact, Malachi says that John the Baptist was essential to prepare the hearts because had Jesus come and their hearts not been prepared, he would have smote them with a plague. That's what Malachi says. John the Baptist had an important role. It was to prepare the hearts of the people for the coming kingdom of heaven. For Jesus Christ who was on its way and would bring a great, great revival. We see this in Scripture, an introduction to revival. Jesus, although He was the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven, He was the physical manifestation of the revival that was to come. Jesus also preached this same message. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, hallelujah, it says from that time, see if this will work for me, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even Jesus began to preach that. Why? Because yes, John did a great job, but there were still individuals who needed that message before he could do what he was about to do. What was he about to do? We see in just a few verses later exactly what Jesus came to do in verse 23. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, and all manner of diseases among the people. That's what Jesus was preparing the way for. That's that's what Jesus was trying to get them ready for. And the fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick. Everybody say all sick. All sick that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. And those which were possessed with devils. And those which were lunatic. And those that had the palsy. And Jesus healed them. And verse 25, it tells us the further result of what Jesus did. And there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee. And from Decapolis. And from Jerusalem. And from Judea and from beyond Jordan. That sounds like revival to me. That sounds like revival to me. So Jesus came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And just a few short verses later, they saw the kingdom of heaven represented in Galilee where he healed all of their sick. Oh, I'm waiting for a revival here where every sick is healed. Every person sick is healed. Every manner of disease is cured. Hallelujah. I believe we're going to see it. Praise God. We're going to see it in this place. Jesus didn't stop there, but He also told His disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7, He told them as well, As ye go... Preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, as you go, you need to preach to them. An invading angelic host is on its way. And with that angelic host, there comes salvation and deliverance and healing and miracles, sanctification. Come on, hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven is on its way. 
And then look what the result was. After preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they would heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely as ye have received, freely give. Hallelujah. What he's saying is that the kingdom of heaven is coming. And when it comes, this is the result. The sick is healed. The lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. The devils are cast out. Come on, we still believe that God heals the sick. We still believe that God cleanses the lepers. We still believe that God raises the dead. And God casts out devils. Hallelujah. That's revival. Hallelujah. And I'm still preaching it. And I'm still believing in it. And I'm still praying for it. Oh, hear us from heaven, Lord God. Hallelujah. We need the kingdom of heaven to invade the city of Stewart. We need the kingdom of heaven to invade Martin County. We need the kingdom of heaven to invade poor St. Lucie. We need the kingdom of heaven to invade Hope Sound, Indian Town, Jupiter, Jensen, Palm City, wherever it can be. We need the kingdom of God. Come on now, and we as a church have got to get something in us that says we want to see the kingdom of God. We want to see the kingdom of God. We want to see the representation of the kingdom of God. We want an angelic host of army, an army of an angelic host invading our city. We want to see healings, signs and wonders. We want to see people baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you still have that in your heart? Is that still your desire in this place? Do you thirst for it? Do you hunger for it? I don't want to be just a another church on the block. I want to see revival. I want to see the kingdom of heaven. Oh, Somebody get in the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, come on, it's got to be our desire. It's got to be in our hearts. In fact, when the disciples asked Jesus, what do we pray? One of the first things he says, one of the first requests we should make before praying for nutrients and food, before praying for forgiveness, before praying for we forgive others, before praying for anything else, he says, Thy kingdom come. Pray for the kingdom of God to come. Pray for an invasion of the kingdom of heaven. Pray for an invasion of the supernatural. Pray for an invasion of the power of the Holy Ghost. Pray for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we stand right now? We're going to do just that. Let's pray it right now. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Lord, we don't want another service, church service. We want your kingdom to come. We don't want to just go week after week without seeing people saved and set free. Thy kingdom come, Lord God. Oh, we're praying that you would invade our families with the kingdom of heaven. We pray that you would invade our places of work with the kingdom of heaven. Invade our schools with the kingdom of heaven. Invade our government with the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Invade our churches with the kingdom of heaven. Engage the Lord, pour out the Holy Ghost on our restaurants with the kingdom of heaven. Bring it in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Can I preach to you for a moment? Revival's coming. I said revival is coming. Revival is drawing nigh. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That phrase at hand means it's right around the corner. Hallelujah. I'm here to preach it. Maybe I'm alone. I don't know. I don't think I am. I know there's some people in this place. You share my desire. I want to see revival. I want to see revival. You may be seated if I may tell you for just a moment. God is doing something right now in our world that is beyond precedence. Even just this year, we've seen several occasions where revival has struck in. Even in locations and places, things that nobody even thought was coming. One such example, and I'm not a big football guy, so please forgive me if I, if I show my negligence in the area. Hallelujah. But one example of this, praise God. Maybe I might need you to go back there, Brother Judas. This thing does not seem to want to work. Praise God. One example of this is Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin. You may recognize that name. He became very famous. Go to the next picture, if you will. Became very uh, famous as recently in the middle of a football game. His heart stopped beating after making what appeared to be a routine tackle in the first quarter of the game. You may say, what in the world does this have to do with revival? Well, give me a moment. The second year pro went into cardiac arrest and had to be resuscitated on the field. This right here was the result. It moved on live television in one of the, the most attended NFL games. A group of people, in fact, the entire stadium report says, went to prayer over this one individual. Football players fell on their knees, praying and crying, weeping for their friend. That sounds to me like revival. All 32 NFL teams changed their profile pictures to say this, pray for DeMar. ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, thank you. He prayed on live television. He took a moment to pray over the Buffalo Bills' safety and DeMar Hamlin said that the other hosts just bowed their heads on live TV and said, Amen. One of the, the uh, Jake Hannon, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the, the person who was, who was involved in this, he said this, I feel like God has put the spotlight on Buffalo, New York and chosen this city to do something great. Revival in unprecedented, unusual places. All of a sudden, the whole world is moved by prayer for Damar. Another occurrence, something that has happened over the last two weeks, you may have heard about it. It's the Asbury University Revivals, what they're calling it. It began on February 8th. It was just a normal campus chapel service. At the end of the service, a church choir just started singing. I don't know if they were practicing. I don't know what the environment was, but they just started singing. And a few of the students decided to remain after to pray. That was two weeks ago. And that prayer meeting has not stopped since then. 
It turned from just a couple of students deciding to stay after to pray to where now thousands of people are going to Kentucky to visit Asbury University. Just They can't even go in the building. I have a friend on Facebook who went. He couldn't even get inside the building because the crowds are so massive and all they're doing is going to pray. That's all they're doing. They're not going to hear some great preacher. They're not going to see some great light show. They're not going to hear terrific preach singing. In fact, the report says it's just one little person on a piano and one little person on a drum set and one person leading worship, and that's it. And Asbury's seeing one of the greatest revivals that they've ever seen, all because people said, I want to see an outpouring of the Holy goes and I'm willing to pray a little longer and fast a little longer if that means I'll get to see it it has been reported now this is not a Pentecostal thing but it has been reported that several have spoken in tongues and received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. There's reports of dreams and visions taking place. It is a modern day Azusa Street revival. If you recognize Azusa Street, you can go look it up. It was in the early 1900s. A great revival took place in Topeka, Kansas where the Holy Ghost was poured out. They first started having meetings in a house and soon the house started falling apart because it could not contain the crowds. They had to move into a factory building and even then the place was packed. Wall to wall people were on their knees praying and seeking God. That's the kind of revival I'm praying for. That's the kind of revival I believe we're going to see. And this revival right here is now spreading to universities. Other universities all around in Kentucky. There's no smoke machines. There's barely a band. Yet they're seeing revival. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I rebuke the mindset that says, well, if we just had a better music, if we just had better preaching, if we just had better facilities, I'll tell you, that's not what's going to bring revival. I say if we just had better prayer, if we just had better worship, if we just had better fasting, more people committing themselves to God, yeah, we're going to see revival. Oh, Hallelujah. And it's hard sometimes to see it in our building, in our group. But revival is happening all over the world, specifically in the Pentecostal movement. There's a sermon I'd invite you to go listen to it from Reverend Jack Cunningham at a national conference called Landmark. It's just a, about three weeks ago. He preached a message. In that message, he made several claims. The first claim, he said... There's more people being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost today than at any other time in the history of the world. I believe that. Praise God. He said there's more eyes, blind eyes being healed, deaf ears being unlocked, mute mouths being opened than ever in the history of our world. Hallelujah. Talk about the kingdom of God coming. I say the kingdom of heaven is here. I say revival is here now. In the UPCI alone, the organization we're a part of, we have 25,000 churches worldwide, all of them preaching Acts 2.38 Believing for signs and wonders. In the church, Reverend Cunningham pastors, he said this. And he said, if you want to check me on this, he said, my church right now is watching this live stream. He said, but in our church, someone has received the Holy Ghost and been baptized for the last 97 Sundays every week. Every Sunday, 97 Sundays in a row, he said that includes Christmas Day. <laughs> Praise God. 
He said, well, and if that doesn't impress you, and he wasn't trying to impress anybody, but he said, if that, if that doesn't blow you away and you think, well, just one person every Sunday, that's not a lot. He said, in two weeks before that preaching at Landmark, he said they had 49 receive the Holy Ghost in one service. One service. 49 receive the Holy Ghost. So I'm here to preach to you. God's doing something. God's shaking something. I don't know if you feel it like I do, but I feel it in my heart. God's shaking me. There's something new on the horizon. Revival is come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come on, can you hear the march of revival? Can you hear the stomps of that army making its way to Stuart? Making its way to Jensen? making its way to Martin oh I can hear it I can see it an army's on its way an army's on its way an angelic oh I wish somebody would hear the stomps of the army coming hallelujah they're on their way would you rejoice in the Lord for a moment would you praise him hallelujah oh thank you Lord Hallelujah. 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 Revival is at hand. John the Baptist wasn't claiming to repent because the kingdom of heaven needed it. But rather, said, repent because you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss what God's about to do. You don't want to miss what God's doing right now. This is my sermon, the higher purpose Pentecostal church. We got to start taking this thing seriously or we might miss it. We got to start taking this thing seriously or we might miss it. We got to start taking prayer seriously or we might miss it. We got to start taking worship seriously or we might miss it. Can I say we got to start taking the gathering of ourselves together seriously or we might miss it. We got to start taking the word of God seriously or we might miss it because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if we are not prepared for it, we will miss the greatest revival the city of Stewart and Martin County has ever experienced. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. Oh, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Brothers and sisters, hear me today. I feel my witness. Earlier this in the prayer room, my wife came to me and she gave me just a prophetic word. I felt like it was a prophetic word. She told me that she had a vision of me preaching behind the pulpit and that she was standing behind me and she was supporting me in that. Hallelujah. Just a few moments later, as I began to pray, I felt, I, I saw in my mind's eye. Now hear me, I, this isn't about me, not at all. But I saw in my mind's eye, not only my wife standing behind me, but I could see the disciples standing behind me. And I could see the church of old standing behind me as they were placing their hands on my back. I'm telling you that not to magnify myself, but to tell you that this message is not just another message. This is not just another sermon. These are not just other words. I'm here to proclaim to you the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We've got to repent. We've got to repent. We've got to give ourselves to God. We've got to recommit ourselves to the work of the Holy Ghost. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. Is at hand. Oh, la la ba da la ba si. Oh, da la ba sa da la ba su tu ra da hani. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Oh Jesus, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist preached. He was the example of Isaiah that Isaiah gave in Isaiah 40. But I do not believe that he 
shares that role by himself. There's been many Isaiahs. There's been many John the Baptists who have prepared the way for the kingdom of heaven, who have prepared the way for revival. This, this morning, I believe God's trying to prepare the way because the angelic host is on its way and with them comes revival, signs and wonders, uh, people being filled with the Holy Ghost, our families being saved. I could hear the marching, but the hearts of God's people have to be prepared first. Why? Because, I'm sorry to tell you, God cannot bring revival in a heart that is not ready for it. Isaiah 40 and 1, he says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Now this, this right here blows me away. That word comfort ye, in the Hebrew, it's the word nakamu. It has a dual meaning. Listen to this. It means both repent and console. To me, that seems just kind of strange. Why would one word carry the meaning of two things that seem like they're opposite? Repent and console. But the point that he's trying to make here, the word implies you can't have consolation. You can't have comfort without first repentance. Without first repentance. Consolation. Comfort. It supersedes repentance. A prepared heart. Isaiah described the work of, of John the Baptist saying he's a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. He's not talking about the physical. He's talking about in here. He's saying, I've got to prepare a path for God to bring revival into my life. Hallelujah. He says, every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. Rough places why is he talking about this? Because if that army on its way is going to get to us, then the path needs to be cleared for them. Again, we may not understand this in our days, but in those days it was very common for an army to send out a group, a unit, to first prepare the road for their army. Because if not, they could be injured on the way. They could maybe not even make it. They could have their units die before they even meet the battle. So they needed to prepare the way. Can I tell you, revival's on the road. The revival's marching this way. We've got to prepare our hearts to receive that revival. And before I get into the specifics here, let me make clear. I'm not talking about a one-time conversation with God. We'll have a moment of repentance later. But I'm not talking about come down. Uh, we know confession is part of repentance, right? We must confess our sins. But John the Baptist didn't just come saying confess your sins. He said bring fruit, meat for repentance. What that means is your actions must reflect the change of heart. So today, we got to take a look at ourselves. we got to look deep in our hearts and say, is my heart ready for revival? Because revival is going to make it to where I might not be able to do things in the flesh that I want to do anymore. Because neither of them, they don't collide, right? I'm going to have to lay down sin. 
if I want true revival. I'm going to have to lay down my flesh because I have to prepare the path. Isaiah says, and, and again, the Scriptures, New Testament, it also tells us that this is what John the Baptist was going to do. He says, first, every valley shall be exalted. I have a series of pictures on there. If you could throw up the first one. Every valley shall be exalted. You go down deep into this valley, it becomes more and more difficult to walk, to march. The only way to really fix this, again, it gets muddy down there and potholes. And the only way to fix this is to rise it up, bring it up, to exalt it, as Isaiah says. Every valley shall be exalted. What that tells me is that if I'm going to prepare my heart, I need to raise my expectations. If I'm going to see revival, I need to raise my expectation. I need to recognize that God doesn't want to just do a little thing. God wants to do a big thing. Hallelujah. Praise God, if I do not raise my expectations and my faith to the level that revival wants to come, then I will force that army, that heavenly host, to travel downwards and have to force them to go through the low valley of my doubt, the low valley of my questioning. Oh, we've got to raise it up and we've got to put it in our hearts and say, revival is coming. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. God does want to do a work in my life. God is going to save my children. God is going to set my neighbors free. God is going to bring guests to church. We are going to see healing signs. Of Anybody believe that here today? Do you have an exalted expectation that says, I'm not just going to go to church and hear a cute sermon, but I'm going to go to church and see life-changing atmosphere. We're going to see transformation. We're going to see change in the Holy Ghost. We got to raise our expectations. Oh, I feel like faith is coming right now. We got to raise our expectations. And we have to raise our priorities. We can't make the kingdom of heaven fifth, sixth, seventh on the list and expect an invasion from the kingdom of heaven. That's why Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's all right. Look, I, I knew this part wasn't going to be, you know, hanging from the chandeliers or in our cases, the fans. Hallelujah. But we've got to recognize our priorities must be in line with God's. We must raise our priorities. We must make prayer we got to exalt prayer in our life again. we got to say, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to say, no, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to actually pray every day. I'm going to prepare my schedule to pray. I'm not just going to say, you know, I eventually want to start reading the Bible again. No, raise the valley up and say, I'm going to read my Bible. Don't just say, I'm going to fast someday. No, raise the valley up. Make the kingdom of God a priority in your life. Exalt the kingdom of God so that the kingdom of God has a pathway to get to us. The next picture, if you will, every mountain and hill shall be made low. I'm, I'm almost finished here today. I don't have much left to go. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. There's things in our life that needs to decrease. In order for John the Baptist to see the revival he was preaching for, what did he say? I must decrease and he must increase. It's not until we raise up God's plan and will for our lives and lower our will and desire for our lives 
and we'll see that great revival. I must come to a point where I cut down myself and say, I'm not as great of a priority as the kingdom of God is. My finances are not as great a priority as the kingdom of God is. My comfort is not as great a priority as the kingdom of God is. But if I want the revival, the kingdom of God that's promised me, then I must lower myself. The crooked paths shall be made straight. Hallelujah, because an army can't weave through and out. An army and a revival that size of what we're trying to see here, it can only come if the way has been made straight. But if we're not aligned with the Word of God and we have crooked actions, crooked thoughts, we still have sin in our lives, things in our heart that we've not given up to God yet. It's all right today, hallelujah, I know, I know, I know this is heavy, but please hear me, hallelujah, until we get realigned, realigned with God's will for our lives, and say, God, I know I've allowed things in my heart that were never supposed to be there. I've gotten addictions in my life, and I still haven't given to you yet, hallelujah. Until we get a line, revival will have a hard time making it our way. And finally, the rough places, plain. Every time God tries to do a work in our heart, in our lives, it's tripping over this and tripping over that. Well, I can't come to church this Sunday because I got this going on and that going on. Well, I can't pray today because, you know, I, I'm so tired and I'm so exhausted. And, and we're constantly tripping over a rocky pathway that has not been cleared. And the Spirit of God is constantly injuring itself based on the fact that it cannot get to us because we've got so much in the way. Do you want to see revival today? I said, do you want to see revival today? I'll say it one more time. Do you want to see revival in the city of Stewart, in your lives, in your heart? Then it's time to repent. This is a universal, heavenly truth. Revival always supersedes a prepared heart. My wife already quoted it. She had no idea this was going to be my end point. You could throw up 2 Chronicles 7.14. We see almost exactly what I've been preaching. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, their crooked pathways. Then I have a promise that then he will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins. He will bring healing to our land. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to lay down myself, to humble myself, to pray until I see it happen.
to seek the face of God until he pours out and we see the glory of God. To turn from our wicked ways. Listen, if we today will get this in our hearts and we'll say, look, I'm not going to just come down to the altar and say a cute little prayer. I'm going to sincerely repent. I'm going to sincerely make some commitments to God. I'm going to turn away from a life of, of carnality to a life of spirituality. I'm going to make some commitments to preach, to witness, to pray for other people and we say I'm going to repent then I promise you he will hear us from heaven he will forgive our sins he will bring healing to our land can we stand to our feet here today you see Revival, sermons emphasizing revival, altar calls that emphasizing revival, it often ends with us going to prayer for revival. Today, I'm not asking you to do that. Today, I'm asking you to go to prayer for you, for your heart. I'm asking you to come down and say, God, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to set my expectations higher. I'm ready to bring my own priorities lower for you. I'm ready, Lord, to make the crooked path straight. I'm ready to clear the way and get rid of every weight that doth so easily beset me. I'm ready. Anybody ready today? Anybody ready today? Come on, if I got to tell you to come down, you're not ready. Anybody ready today? Anybody said, okay, I'm done. I'm done playing games with God. I'm done playing games with church. I'm done playing games with the kingdom of heaven. I'm done playing games with the spirit of God. I'm ready, God, to take that next step. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he got God, prepare me for revival, God. Prepare my heart for revival, Lord Jesus. He got rodo, rodo, I didn't 